0: message brought to us by Doyle Carter, entitled, Training Future Leaders for the Kingdom. Happy Sabbath, everyone. I say that because it was a stressful week at work. But in this case, we have the bigwigs coming into town, as we call them, or she calls them the higher up. And so we were cleaning, getting stuff off the floors, getting things, everything. So it, it was a great thing. But it inspired, it actually inspired the message slightly in this case. Training future leaders for the kingdom. And I'm going to use a little bit of historical, a little bit of historical stuff with my own personal, not rabbit trails, just some historical, historical stuff and some items that I, in my life. You know, I've always pondered, you know, we live for so many years and learn. I'll use an example of my dad. You know, he was born in Arkansas. He grew up and he even cracked pecans with his teeth. And one of the things he learned is quit doing that because you get teeth problems. Because <laughs> he said, you're lucky. You haven't gone to the dentist hardly at all. And I was like, yeah. And he said, you know why I've gone to the dentist? When I was young, about 12, you we were watching Battlestar Galactica or whatever, but, you know, back in the 50s. On our on our land, we had pecans, and he would stick them in his mouth and crunch them and didn't realize that was hurting his teeth. Something to learn in the past. But he grew up. He's now heading toward an age. We'll let it go at that. He's been an engineer. He's been you know, an engineer. He's raised me. I feel sorry for him right there. That's a joke. I'm, but you know, having kids is a challenge. It doesn't matter which kids. They're ornery. I mean, just watching kids in general. Some are good. Some are awesome. And then some are just... Hungry. That's the way it is. You've got to work with them. And all that experience will go away someday, unfortunately. We're not going to go into that. It's not a sad message. And as Christians, we know there's a lot more in life. Yes, everybody gets their little bit of training in life now, even if they're not called because they'll be born. They'll go step by step learning how to do certain things. Like one of the fun things young people have to learn is how to budget money. You know, and it's like, and you go broke and then almost lose your home because like, whoops, I didn't budget my rent right. But as Christians, we realize there's more to this than just what we have today. Christianity is not just for today, as I thought it this morning as a slogan. It's not just for today. It's for us in the future. There, so I can see better. It's not just for us. It's for us in the future. God has a plan. We're a part of that master plan. In our own little way. If it was just for today... As Paul said... Now he was talking about a little different topic... But it still relates. And in, in, in this is not something I gave to, to Brian. It's just one of those I threw out. In 1 Corinthians 15:17 through 19... You know, Paul's discussing the, res, the resurrection. And he just kind of made the comment... If Christ was not... See, see If Christ be not res, re, raised... Your faith is in vain... You are yet in your sins. In verse 19, he says, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. And like the song said earlier, we suffer a lot because if we obey God. But we know there's much more to life than that. Much more. Because we can read that from Revelation 1, 5 through 6. And I'm using the new, King, the new King James Version, too. Slightly different. Same, same words, just a little different in the sense of the way they say things. Language. I'm trying to read the old, the new, the uh, Robin Hood in its original language. That's a challenge. <laughs> I think I'd rather have it translated a little bit. It, I can read it, but it's just, whoa. They, their expressions were slightly different. In Revelation 1, 5 through 6, here's what, at least, this is one place we're told our purpose. There's multiple places, but this Get you right where you need to go. It says in verse 5. And from Jesus Christ. The faithful witness. The first born from the dead. The ruler over the kings of the earth. To him who loves us. Washed us from our sins in his own blood. Which will be a Passover theme for our future. Because it's only two months away. And it will come pretty quickly here. And has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To, who, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So our destiny is to become like kings and priests. And that's, he's not just going to throw us in there. It's like, I'll use the analogy of my job. You're not, I'm becoming a lead in my job. You did this two and a half years ago, the place would have gone in chaos. Because you have to be trained. And I can see God where in this life He's training us, He's working with us, He's sending us He He helps us with our problems or you know, sometimes we cause, like I was telling the greeter today, I'm actually caused about seventy percent of my own problems. I don't think anyone else needs to cause me problems. And the other problems they just come because of natural things of work or whatever. I cause my own issues. Don't need your help. That's what you need to hear. But he works with us in our situations to build our character. To set us up for whatever purpose he has for us in that kingdom Just like in the old days, like for example, I'll give you an example, I said history I was reading on the Romanovs, which were the last stars of the Russian, Russian, of Russia, if I can get it out And when Nicholas II had a child, his first male, he's been looking for a male for a while And he couldn't get a male, the first ones were daughters Finally, he got, and, and there was issues with his health. But doesn't, that's not what I'm going to address. When he was born, they knew he was going to be the next czar on the throne. So what they did is they hired tutors. They got, they, he actually taught them how to military strategy, because he knew that it, running a country requires that. You've got to know how to handle the military and what to do. So he started training them at a young age. And that's what God is doing to us. He's training us now. So we won't be like leaders so we won't be like leaders today who, not saying all of them do it, but they tend to go for their own gain and their own ideas and what they want. They don't, some of them don't care about the people. And I'm not talking about our politicians just around the world. You know, Sometimes dictators of our countries just don't care. As long as they got money in the Swiss bank account and they get caught, they can just disappear. Sometimes it's our leaders. Well, I have five quick points on the matter of how, God, how you could reflect how God is actually working with us. To train us. The first point, which is a really simple one, is basically God has chosen us. We have, not, he, we have not chosen him. We get this from Jesus Christ. He informs us, or he makes the comment in John 6, 44. He says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up at the latter day. So God has chosen us. Why? I've talked to Dale before and said, well, why, why is the Bible so plain? This book is so plain. Because my mother kept saying, we go to heaven. I go, well, but Jesus says no man has gone to heaven. And no one is, And she just can't see it. So you have to ask, why is it we're chosen with our minds open? But that's God's priority to call us. It's not ours. It's not because we're special. Well, we're all special in God's eyes. But when I say special, we're no different than the world around us. He calls us. He brings us in. And he has his reason. We'll know why one day. But until that day, we have been called. We don't come to him because we're so good and oh yeah, God, I could be somebody for you. Nope, he brings us in. I've had someone say that I'm good. That's why God, I go to God. Uh, nah, it didn't work that way. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Just like Paul, you know, Paul persecuted the church, and then at the end, he blinded him for three days, and instead of being that guy who persecutes the church, suddenly he did a flip-flop. He just all of a sudden, he was the he, now he wrote most of the epistles in the New Testament. The second point of how we can see God is working with us or, or how he's training us is God has given us gifts or talents, however you want to relate that, and has assigned us responsibilities in the church. They, and in qualification of that, sometimes we don't do as much at first, because we're like reserve guard, you know, like we, like recently at work, got to see the helicopters go by with the reserve guard. They're not always out there, but we are there with our talents, ready whenever we're called to do so. In Romans, Paul addresses this with the Romans. In Romans 12, 4 through 8. Romans 12, 4 through 8. Paul wrote to the Romans saying, For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and individual members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. So we're called to use our gifts. All, and we are given gifts, and then he goes through a, a smallest sample like if prophecy, let let us prophesy in the proportion to our faith, or ministry, let us use it as it says in New King James in our ministry, ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exalts or you know encourages in encouragement or exaltation, he who gives with liberty. He who leads with diligence. Well, you don't be lazy if you're a leader. You to go out and be diligent. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. And you can actually fit some of these. Like mercy. You know, if somebody comes to you with something instead of gossiping it all over the place, and they're really trying to change, you encourage them. You give them a little mercy. Say, hey, this," you know, like Christ would say, clean up your life. We also see this in 1 Corinthians twelve six through 11. I'll give everybody a chance, 1 Corinthians twelve, six through 11 Paul again addresses the same general theme, and there are diversities in activities, which is true in the church, you do not want me to lead, well, let's put it was this way, at present, it's been joked around that I could lead songs one day, at present, you do not want me to lead songs, Get, training first, training first, but everybody has the diversity, where it's, Working in the kitchen, which some of us bachelor's like me really enjoy, they really enjoy the fruits of, and we have our talents, whatever that may be. We're like Dale with the feast; he organizes it very well. He apparently he was a supervisor at some company, I forgot which, and he actually, through that training, was able to organize the feast. He's utilized his abilities. Now to continue on, but it is the same God who works in all, all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge. Through the same Spirit. To a, another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gift of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To the, and to another, prophecy and to another, discerning of spirits. To a, to a different kind of tongues, or to understand the different tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. And verse 11, it says, But one and the same Spirit works all these things, I can't use that word, to each and every, distributing, uh, whatever, to each one individually as his will, God's will. So God gives us gifts based on what he wants us to do. So he gives us responsibilities. It's like work. Again, I said I would use my work. At first, I was just removing product. We won't go into, I can't talk much about my work, but I had a small role. And as they started to show me more and more, it started to accumulate. And now I can actually go up to my coworkers, which we had two new temps today, and I can, if I slow down and not speak as fast as I sometimes do, I get hyper. And slow down and explain it to them. They go, oh, that's what we do today. Because I've done it. I've internalized it. I've been trained. Hey, that's what I do. And I'm sure that's true with any of us at our jobs. You know, we can sit down and say, hey, you're new. This is what we do. And this is the best way to do it. And God, third point, God provides us tools in our training. As well as a coach. I call it a coach or mentor. One of the tools we're given and I don't know, some of you are, well, okay, everybody here should be old enough to remember. They used to give guide and handbooks at work. I remember I saw my, somebody showed me what the uh, company handbook looked like. It was a good, good sleeper. You could read about two pages, probably fall asleep at night. But, you know, you got the, you got, they got handbooks. Now they got everything else. It's on computers. But God gives us the Bible. He says in Second Timothy 2, I'm sorry, Second Timothy 3, 16 through 17. All again says to Timothy, or he says, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, and for reproof, and for correction, and for instructions in righteousness, that the man of God may be cor- complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. For every good work. So we got a handbook, the Bible, and that's great. Okay. But some of, the, some of the items in there are a little tough to follow. You may not quite understand it perfect. And there's where the mentor part comes in. We have an awesome mentor, which we'll read two verses on it, who never made a mistake. Perfect example. We got four Gospels that go into his life so we can read. We got his words. I think Curtis is going to have one on retaliation later on. You know, he's going to read a little bit of what his instructions were. So we can follow Christ. It says in Hebrews two nine through ten. Hebrews two nine through ten. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of the de- of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting for him, for whom are all things. And by whom all are all things. In bringing many sons to glory. To make, ca- to make the captain of their salvation. Perfect through suffering. So he made it through suffering. He understands what we go through. You know. You know when Things go wrong in our lives. He's, we can come to him and say. Hey. This went wrong. What do I do? You know. I don't know what to do. I'm not. And through, that, through us learning how he handled it, we learn how to cope with life, which we can instruct later. it will be another point. And he's a captain, just like, a sh- like somebody who would run a ship. You know, there's several, or an army, who would go out and say, go do this, go do this, go do this. He helps us, guides us. We see in Hebrews 4, 14 through 15. Hebrews 4, 14 through 15. Paul again says to the Hebrews or in Hebrews, seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through, he- passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold to our profession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we were, or, or are, yet without sin. So he's, we can go to him. He can say, here's how I dealt with this. Just like uh, we had an issue with some customer's proprietorship. We'll just end it with that. And I had to go to Tucker, who knew what he was doing better than I did, and said, what do we do? And he was able to correct the problem. Well, that's what we do with Christ. We come to Christ and go, hey, my life's not working here. Something's not quite right. What's going on? And then we can use his examples, what he told us. So, so far we've gone to where Christ is, our helper, and all this. And now I've kept on saying suffering. That's point four. Point four. As I said, life's not easy, unfortunately. Things happen. Uh, this week, and I might, this will time stamp this if anyone even knew who this person was, but Dave, one of our, one of our, uh, you're know, talking about suffering. Dave, one of our, my worker, co workers, and he still is, cause even though he retired but didn't really retire, his 37 year old daughter died of a cancer that was uncurable. So that was his trial of suffering. And he, the reason I mention him is he really believes in, he believes in God. He said, well, I don't know why God is doing this. I don't want to lose my 37-year-old daughter. It was his youngest daughter because he's close to retirement. But he took it with grace. I'm sure he, when it happened, it didn't. But he is aware there's a purpose. He doesn't know what. He just knows it's there. I don't even know what to tell him if he was asked me. I'm like, I don't know. She I'm much older than she is. She's going to miss out on life. But... A lot of things go on in life that it's just—it's terrible, but God understands. But He allows us to go through these trials because the fourth point is God tries us and allows events to occur so that we may grow in character. These trials help us to overcome, help us to overcome, help us to overcome and have sympathy for others. That's the fourth point. If we had a world where we were given. Everything that we want With no question Okay, you're not going to suffer Nothing, got food, got all the water, shelter There's an experiment somebody did I'm not going to say what kind of animal he picked on But there was a certain animal It's a little rodent that runs around the place We'll just end it with that But it was on one of my uh, podcasts And this is the experiment He was thinking, okay, this guy believes That if man had everything they wanted They'd be happy So he took about 10,000 or Two thousand of these, or whatever these critters, which I don't want to talk about—they're rats or something, whatever—and put them in an enclosed area, gave them all the food they want, everything they want. What happened in the experiment? I looked it up. I thought they were just being goofy. There was a guy in the '60s who did this. After two or three months, the population started to drop, and drop, and drop, and eventually it was just there was almost no none of these creatures. Because there was no stimuli, they didn't have to do anything. They could lounge around if they were people, they could watch, watch uh, Game of Thrones all day and no one would ever know the difference, you know, or whatever they would watch. That's a joke, I wouldn't watch Game of Thrones. But you get the idea, they could do whatever they want, and just go get food and be happy. With no responsibilities, no trials, no challenges, we just die off and we don't grow. And that's the point, we are supposed to grow in this life. In Jeremiah 17:10, in Jeremiah 17:10, God says, I, the Lord, search the heart, I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruits of his doing. So he tries us, he tests us, he sees if he helps us push us along. We know it's a good thing because John says, or James said, James 1, 2 through 5. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. And boy, does it produce patience. Some things really do make you have to have patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. I like the next verse. I kind of already touched on it. In verse 5, it says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. So if we do lack wisdom, and we do lack what we need, we can come to God and say, Hey, I don't know what to do, like I said. And he doesn't snap at us. I've had people who snap at you. You know, They'll try to train you, and you'll say, But what is this? And they'll go, They'll start doing this like they're mad, like, whoa, whoa, I'm new. I don't know. You know, he actually is very merciful, kind. He'll say, okay, here's some wisdom. Here's a little something to learn. He's loving. God is loving. He's working with us. He has an end goal. He has something for us. And in verse 12 through 13, just continue in the same chapter, James 1. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has he is proved. He shall, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. No one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. But God doesn't tempt. For God can't be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone, but each is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enchanted. And that's what I meant by 70. Per, when I say 70% of us, or you know, 70% of my problems are me. You know, it, a lot of the times I will want something or whatever, or I have some something go on, and I will overreact, or I'll do my human nature, and then I go, whoops. It happens. But we over, but by noticing it, we can start overcoming it. Like some of the boo boos I did at work, once I realized I did it, sat, my boss sat and trained me. Sit down and said, okay, if we don't do this and we don't do this, you get better and better. You overcome it. Hey, that's a great thing. The fifth point, is not, this is not all for yourself. So I focused everything toward us at the present time on our character and what we need at our training. Now comes the other side of the coin. Remember I said we're kings and priests, or we're going to become kings and priests. Priests were examples to the people. They were to teach the people what they need to do. Kings are, even though our leaders don't do good examples, kings are supposed to be good examples to the people. That's why David every now and then had his problems when his human nature took over. And even though he's a man after God's own heart, he had his issues. And I can't wait to meet him, even though I sound like an awesome guy, to be honest. But, you know, he was still an example to his people. And so are we. Because I was told by somebody who teaches, and it wasn't Barnabas in this case, or somebody, I forgot who, someone in the church, he said, if you can teach someone, you are, you, in order, no, I'm sorry, in order to teach someone, you must also internalize what you know to be able to tell someone else. Because otherwise, you can't do it. Well, it's, Jesus commissions us to teach others. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. We all know this. And Jesus came and spoke to them the disciples saying All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth and on earth Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you and lo I am with you I am with you always even unto the end of the age so we're to go out. We're to show your neighbors. They may not understand. I don't know how much my mom understood when I showed her what she did. But she kind of nodded her head like, hmm, okay, makes sense. Didn't agree. But, yeah. but she, it made sense. And then, but in order to show her, you had to live it. You had to, actually, had to actually live it and read it and read the Bible and follow your own training pattern. Like switch my notes around a little bit. In conclusion, life is a training ground for mankind for a better future. Now, some are being trained, and even though they're not being called yet, they'll have some training. Like I said, you know, we start from nothing. And like I said, I'm at the present time, I'm reading the uh, Battlestar Galactica from 1978, and. Now reading the books, I'm looking at it as a 50-year-old, not as a 12-year-old. 12-year-old, it was just, you know, ships going around going pew, 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 shooting each up, shooting Cylons up and all that. Now that we read the books, I actually am seeing a lot of where he got his ideas. So you learn in this life. But for Christians, for us who follow Christ, we are called to a higher purpose in this life, to be first sons sons of God, or daughters, however you want to take it, and a part of the kingdom that will be coming around the corner. He has set a motion and plan to train us. Into in, positions of king, priest and whatever else he has. That's what he mentions. First he calls us. We're called. So we know that we have a purpose. At the present time are we being trained. We, he provides us Talents. Each individual one of us talents, and he can even move those talents around, I'm sure. But he gives us talents that we can benefit the church, whether it's teaching the classes, cleaning the church. You know, I joke about the me not important. Well, he has his place, too. Without that, the church isn't back in its normal place. You know, it's, I joke, but I understand. And if you didn't have people like at the feast who move tables to help get, because it, for those who don't understand, in Branson, we eat out in where we actually meet, and one thing Dale and I have now started to do is encourage others to help, like put the tables out and put them back and give them a point. And it's nice to see the young people get out there and help too. That's awesome. You know, get future leaders. We're given, and also as far as that, we're also given knowledge and wisdom through the Bible, and not just that, but from his own son, Jesus Christ as a mentor and as a coach. We're tried and tested. To improve. Or try to improve. And we're encouraged to, te- to teach others. So that gives us a chance to learn. Internalize. And then we go out to our neighbors. Even if they don't fully understand. You can explain it to them. Because there's. What I meant when I was going to flip this around. Steve had a really good sermon last week. Or one a couple of weeks ago. About us overcoming. There's a bonus for us overcoming. I mean you think of it. Revelation. Revelation uh, 2 through 3. You know, it won't be like today where you get older and you just the wisdom goes away because you pass on. No, you're promised eternal life. You're promised rule next with Christ. Rule with a rod of iron. Hopefully you don't have to use that very much. But if you do, well, you got it. <laughs> and hopefully in a merciful fashion. Uh, you got, you're going to have all these promises. It's, it's greater than what basically I was trying to point out. What I thought of it a few days ago when I was going through this. It's greater than the reward I get from work work, I just get a paycheck, which I get. And guess what? By next week, it'll mostly be gone. In God's case, it's not gone next week. It'll always be there. He's going to make sure of that. So as you reflect upon your life, realize that God is training you today for a better purpose. No matter what your position in life is, what you do in church, he's training us to become king's priests, and whatever else he needs in the kingdom. It's his priority to put us wherever he wants, even if it's a dormant. So that we can rule wisely, in an understanding fashion, and with compassion. So no matter what your trials are, just realize what, as, just to end this, right, or just to conclude, remember, see if I can remember the scripture now. All good things work to good of those who love the Lord for his purpose.